I told Bo that I should just do the Lord's Supper and be done. But I've enjoyed this so much. We'll see where we go. If you would stand with me. And I want you to read aloud Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. Ephesians 5, 15, 21, 15 through 21. I want you to listen carefully as we hear God speaking these words to us, as we hear the voices of our brothers and sisters speaking God's word. Let it sort of sink in a little bit. It says, pay careful attention then to how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and 21 is submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Y'all be seated. Now, when I was a little boy, uh, I didn't realize it, but I was very, very fortunate. I don't know how many, I'm hoping that a number of you have the same opportunity that I had when I was a little guy, but I lived right next door to my nanny and granddaddy, my, my grandmother and grandfather, my mama's parents. My Uncle Jerry and Wanda lived right next door on the other side. Their kitchen door was about 50 feet away from our kitchen door. And Billy and Diane didn't want to live tucked right up under everybody, so they moved half a mile away. You drove up to the end of the road, walked through the woods, and there was Billy and Diane's house. And we were all right there together. And there was one thing that you would know about my family right quick if you ever walked up is that we loved music. We loved to sing. You could tell when my Uncle Jerry got home from work, he worked for ADT for the longest time. He was installer, had a red ADT truck, and when he pulled into the yard, the minute he opened the door, he'd be singing the hymn that we sang at church or some gospel song that he heard. Whenever he was cutting grass, working on the truck, working out in the yard, Jerry was singing. My mom did the same thing. She always sang. She was, her claim to fame is when she was a teenager, she got to sing on the radio. And she sang solos. In fact, she sang a solo in her church just a couple of weeks ago at 80 years old. I hope you have memories like that. Have memories of my own from the different choirs I was in and the singing groups I was in. One of my best memories ever is uh, we went to to church camp. And Felton Moreland, uh, at that time I thought he had lunch with Methuselah every Tuesday about 3 he was, he was about as old as any man could get and still be walking around alive. Brought his guitar to, to youth camp and sat down and would play Hank Williams tunes and some gospel tunes. And the teenage boys would gather around him and sing. Sort of odd, isn't it? But I think of those times and they were really, really good. And you know why from this scripture, why this reminded me of it, is verse 19 says, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. Singing to me is contentment. When you're walking around, have a little tune in your heart, you're singing just a little bit as you walk around, you're happy, you're content. I think that's what this scripture sort of gets to, and I want us to attack it in two ways. I'm going to go as fast as I possibly can. We still got lots of stuff to do this morning, 
but I really want us to hear what God's saying to us right here in Ephesians 5. We're going to do a run through the whole passage, and then we're going to look at three points real quick. He says, pay careful attention then, pay careful attention then to how you live as not as unwise people, but as wise. When he says then, he means you've got to refer back to what we were talking to once, talking about once before. Last week was Mother's Day. We aimed at the scripture. We talked about how it applied to mothers, but it really applies to all of us. We are light, is what the scripture says. God's children are light. We have everything we need. We have every possible thing we need to live a godly, successful life. He's given it to us. He lives in us. We have everything we need. So because we have everything we need, he's saying pay attention. I sort of look at this as if I'm starting to notice things where I don't have everything I need, I think. Maybe I need to pay attention. Maybe I'm going the wrong place. Maybe I'm relying on myself. Maybe there's a lot of things he says pay careful attention making most of the time, he says. The words actually redeem. It's buying back the time. The word for time here is kairos time. It means in this particular instance, your lifetime. It says make the most of your lifetime because it's very, very precious and you only have a limited quantity. Make the most of your lifetime because the days are evil. He moves from This lifetime to the individual tick-tock days, the days that come and distract us. He says that if you are careless, if you don't pay attention to your life, distractions will come in, evil days, and steal those precious days away from you. How many times have you stopped and looked back on your life and thought that you wish that you had that time back again, that maybe you spent angry at somebody or you didn't talk to somebody or something didn't happen right in your life and you look back on it and go, that was ridiculous. Why did we waste that? The days are evil. We got distracted. We moved away from what God was, was where he was do, taking us to. He says, pay attention. Your life is precious Don't let anything steal it away. So don't be foolish, he says. Foolish is the opposite of wise. It means acting without reason. There's a whole bunch of nuances to the word, but the one I like the best is acting rashly. That's where you you just act. You don't think about what you're doing. Somebody does something, you just jump. They say something, you say the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Something happens, you do the first thing that you think about. You don't lean back and you think, is this godly, is this right, is this going to help? You just act. He's saying, don't do that. He says, understand what the Lord's will is. And that's the first thing that we're going to come back and talk about in just a few minutes. Don't get drunk with wine. Here I go talking about drinking again, but I hate to break it to you. He talks about it several times in Ephesians. So I didn't write the book. I wish I had. He's gotten a lot of press and a lot of copies have been written, but it's not mine. It's his. And he says, don't get drunk with wine. And the idea here is to be possessed with wine. And you know as well as I do now. You just know as well as I do. Let's don't pretend that somebody, after they've had a couple of drinks, is different than they are when they're stone cold sober. It's just, that's just the way it is. And that's what he's talking about here. Alcohol is a depressant. It depresses our ability 
for rational thought. And it lets that other stuff bubble up out of us. Stuff, he says, which leads to reckless living. And you know that. You can argue, and some people will, you know, Randy, you shouldn't be meddling in this stuff. Pastor, this is between me and God. It is, but you need to acknowledge that alcohol or any intoxicant never leads you to a happy place. It makes you feel good for a minute, maybe, but it never leads you to the right place, and it often drives us to a place where we do our worst. That's why he's bringing it up here. That's exactly what he's saying. But be filled, he says, by the Spirit. Don't be filled with this Spirit, but be filled by this Spirit. We'll talk about that again in a minute. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Excuse me, guys. Lots of folks have written a lot of things about this, trying to explain what Paul says. But I read this one commentator. I really liked what he said the best. He said the Psalms part of it is stuff that's straight out of the Bible. Last week we sang the Revelation song straight out of the Bible. That's Psalms. And then he talks about hymns. Those are things written by man, inspired for a specific time, specific intent to glorify God. We've got lots of great hymns been written all over the ages. And then he talks about spiritual songs. And this is where you get to prove you're crazy. Because this is where you walk out. And you may not have done this. You may, y'all, you just, this may not be you. But it's me. I've walked outside sometimes. And it's just, it hits me. Lord, what a wonderful day you've given me today. Lord, I love what I'm seeing. What's go- Lord, you've blessed me. Have you ever done that? Just, it's your own song. And you know what really, yeah, I know. You know what's really cool? You know what's really cool is since rap has come out, then you can really get funky, you know? You just sit in your car, and everything comes. It's sort of stream of consciousness, and you rhyme. And, you know, I know some of you do it. Maybe not all of you, but I know some of you do it because I watched one of you post on Facebook this week. I can't remember exactly who it was, but I think they sit over in this section. But, but they posted on Facebook this week that they got caught by somebody at a red light. Have you all ever done that? You're sitting there, and I mean the song's on the radio, and you're just going, yes, hallelujah, Lord, it's a great day, hallelujah. And you look up, and there's all these people in these other cars just looking at you. And that's what he's talking about here, where that joy, he says, that singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. I don't know about y'all guys, but for me, that says enjoy life all over it. Bust out in song. Moms, dads, blow your kids' minds. Embarrass them to death. Get in the car. Crank up the radio. Sing at the top of your off-key voice and just let her rip. And listen, when we get in the congregation and sing, we all get a little mousy sometimes because we're afraid the person beside us is going to hear us. Let them hear you. Let it go. Just let it go. Sing, be happy in the Lord, rock on, be exuberant. There is enough to be sad about in the world than to be sad about God. God has done so much for us. He has changed every one of our lives. He has. How in the world do you sit around? 
I love what God has delivered to me. How can I sit around going, oh, no, let it rip. That's what he's saying here. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he says always, always means always, and he says everything. We're going to talk about that again in just a minute. And he says finally submitting to one another. We've got this submitting thing all messed up. You know, we, we go Ephesians 5, the, the wedding, the marriage part comes next, and wives submit to yourself to your husbands, and we get all ridiculous with all that kind of stuff. <coughs> Submitting means this. It means walking with one another in lowliness of mind. It means this. I know I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I know it. I know I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But you know what else I know? <laughs> Neither are you. And here's the deal. Two of us walk side by side. Sometimes you get your way. Sometimes I get my way. Sometimes we both get our way. Sometimes neither one of us get our way. But we're pulling together all the time. Because, see, we know we need each other. And God's put us together for a reason. And he's hooked us into one place together. We walk together in lowliness of mind knowing that I don't know everything there is but neither do you. So let's hold hands and see how we can do in this. It's where he's leading us to with this. And it brings us to the last part, and this you can disagree with me on. You'll be wrong, but you can. It says, which brings us to in the fear of Christ. I looked up that word fear again. The word fear here is phobos. There's only one definition of phobos. Phobos, you hear it? Phobos, phobia, phobos, it's where our our word phobia comes from, and it means fear, dread, and terror. That's what it means, fear, dread, and terror. Now, we want to change it to awe because awe feels a little more nice, you know, like you go up in the mountains and you see this beautiful vista and you're standing there awestruck at the beauty of the thing. No, this is the awe that you're standing there and a fireball's coming out of the sky and it's absolutely gorgeous, but you know it could kill you. It's a different kind of fear altogether. It's a different kind of awe. Randy, I don't think you're supposed to be afraid of God. No, but we need to understand our place in front of God. I've used this before. I'll probably use this 50 more times as, as, as we go along through time because it always comes back into my mind. You old people, my age and older, Courtships of Eddie's Father. I don't know if you remember that sitcom from a year, millions of years ago. Dinosaurs roamed the earth. Television had just begun. There was this song. Their theme song had Eddie, I think it was Eddie was, no, Eddie wasn't singing this from his perspective. And the line was, he's talking about his daddy. He's my one boy cuddly toy who loves me till the end. Y'all remember that? He's my one boy cuddly toy who loves me till the end. That's the way it was done. Yeah. That's not God. That's not God. God is not your one boy cuddly toy. Listen, when I get to heaven... Listen, listen, when we get to heaven, we will not be God's equal. Do you understand? When we get to heaven, none of us are going to be omniscient. We're not going to know everything. We can't. We're not God. 
We will know what we need to know. We will see clearly the Scripture says so. But we will not be omniscient. We will not be omnipresent. I can't be in one place at a time. Must place less two places at a time. And I certainly won't be omnipotent. You don't want me omnipotent. We're not equal to God. We will not be equal to God. People tell me all the time, and it's romantic, and I like to think about it, especially in those times that things are a little difficult sometimes. think when I see Jesus, I'm going to rush into his arms. But you know what I pray? I pray that when I see Jesus, that I fall on my face before him, before the one who loved me enough that he had the determination, the tenacity, the endurance, the strength, the manhood, the nobility, the honor to take the punishment that he took and never turned his back and never changed his mind and went all the way to the point of dying on a cross in faith, waiting for the Father to raise him from the dead. And when he raised him from the dead, he gave me eternal life. I don't want to run and jump into his arms like he's my best buddy. I want to worship him. With everything I've got, I want to worship him. Thank you, Father, for what you've done. I come into his presence confidently only because he says, Randy, you can come into my presence confidently. The only thing I expect from him, and I can't even call it an expectation, is that I want him to be who he is and do what he wants. Because I know if I get involved and you get involved, we're going to put us in a place that we don't need to be. He is God, not me. Now that takes us back to these three points that I want to hit real, real fast. Number one, understand what the Lord's will is. There's a lot of a discussion about God's will. When I went and studied about this, <coughs> excuse me, about this particular section again, the guy talked about God's general will, his specific will, his general wills, the overall will that he's got for all humanity, mankind, for each one of us. And then there's an individual will that's the will specifically for each person. And we're all into that individual will because we are Americans. And it's about me, and it's always about me. Everything is about me in America. But if you don't understand the, the, the general will, the specific will can't come. You've got to understand what his whole point is. And in order to do that, I want you to flip over right quick in your Bibles, if you've got it, to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, we're going to start at verse 6. Sort of in the middle-ish, kind of. Isaiah 55, verse 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him. Call to him while he is near. Now, I want, I want us all to understand this. There's a lot of talk about, do you take the Bible literal, metaphorical? I want you to understand this is as literal as literal can be. This is just plain talking when the Scripture says this. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. God is not hidden from you. You may think he's hidden or feel like he's hidden and he's hard to get. He is not hidden. It says that he is near. Call to him call to him. He says, let the wicked one abandon his way. That rang in my ears about pay careful attention. Make the most of your time. Let the wicked one put a, abandon his way and the sinful one his thought. Let him return to the Lord so the Lord will do what? So that the Lord will have compassion on him and freely forgive him. I do not care what you have done, where you have been. I don't care who's hurt you, how badly they've hurt you. 
God will still have compassion on you. He will still forgive you of your sins. He will remake you into a new person and give you a new life and free you from anything that's holding you back. Absolutely 100% Scripture says that. God will have compassion on you and forgive you. Verses 8 and 9 say, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. And your ways are not my ways. This is God speaking. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You don't understand God? Welcome to the club. If you understood him, you'd be him. And we can't. We don't understand him. Why do things happen like things happen? I don't know. Can't answer it. I can give you a theological answer, but I I don't know. I'm not God. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. We think we see the big picture. He sees the big picture. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I please. And will prosper in what I send it to do. Romans 8.29 says that, he's gonna, that he has got a plan to make us all like Jesus. And this scripture tells me that this is, this is how he's doing it. That I can be absolutely, absolutely confident that this is going to happen. Because he said it and his word cannot be thwarted. He can't say something and it not happen. When he says it, he says it's just like the rain falling. When the rain falls and gets in the ground, the rain can't say, I don't want to make you wet. There's no way it can do it. The, the, the seeds are going to germinate and grow. And that's what he's saying that God, when he speaks it, he says that we're going to prosper. Prosper is a good word here. It's not just money. It means grow. It means be better. It means to thrive. So when God speaks things into my life to make me like Jesus, his intent is to prosper me in ways that I don't understand except to know that he is for me and he's working to make me like Jesus. And I understand what all that means. No, I don't, but I have a a pretty good clue when I look at all of the things that happen in life and to say that God's using them all, it's hard, to, it's hard to swallow. And yet I know it is. He says, you will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break into singing before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. I love that. Because there I am walking out the back door singing like a maniac again. And the, tr- and the leaves of the trees are clapping for me. You may not clap, but I got an audience. And that audience loves what it hears. The sound of our praises reverberate off the trees. If y'all ever go to the lake, stand on one side, you know sound just carries on a lake. You can whisper on one side. The people on the other side can know what you're whispering. It just carries. And you go outside and you say something and you just hear it going all over the place. That's the image he's saying here. Life hurts. I understand, but I trust him and I praise him. I lift my voice up. I don't understand life. I don't understand the evil that happens to people. And I don't minimize it, but I trust God that what he says is true and what he promises is going to happen. 
And because of that, I will be, he says in the command, the second part we got to earlier was, but be filled by the Spirit. Not be filled with the Spirit, but be filled by the Spirit. Four points to that. There's four, it's, a, it's an imperative, it's a command, it's plural, that means all of us. It's passive, it means it happens to us. And it's passive, it's passive, present, active, not active, you can't be passive and active. It's present, uh, meaning that, it, it, uh, that you do it now, in the next minute, in the next hour, in the next day, in the next week, in the next month. You continually do this over and over and over again. And now we're getting to the punchline of this whole thing. How do you do that? Because I believe all of us want to. How do we do that? How do we, how do we be filled? We have to surrender. We have to surrender. And we can talk about that all day long, but that's, that's, that's you. That's you sitting down and stopping. And you saying to the Lord, I, whatever you want to do to me is fine. And you mean it. Whatever you do to my family is fine. And you mean it. And if you're like I am, you have to say that over and over and over again because that one's hard. Ben went back to Illinois yesterday. They visited with us all week, all day long. I'm offering up little prayers. Lord, keep him safe, keep him safe, keep him safe, keep him safe, keep him safe. Once would probably have been enough. Have to keep going, Lord. But whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. You've heard that God is good, that he plans to make you flourish in his eyes. He's washed you clean from everything. He promises that he'll do what he says. We have no choice if we are people who pay careful attention. We have no choice but to surrender to him. You surrender your hopes. You surrender your dreams, your will, your family your spouse, your life. Surrender and be filled with the Spirit. And when we do that, we'll see what God will bring. I think some of you will understand what I'm going to say. I have that faith and I want to have that faith. Please, Jesus, give it to me that I can fully surrender every corner of my life to you. Would you pray with me? All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender. Humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus. Take me now. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me, Savior, wholly thine. Let me feel 
the Holy Spirit, truly know that thou art mine. All to Jesus I surrender. Lord, I give myself to thee. Fill me with thy love and power. Let thy blessing fall on me. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Will you stand with me and pray that prayer with me? Will you pray, I surrender all? Will you pray, I need to know you, Lord? I know I'm a sinner. I know I've fallen short. I don't need all the words defined and all. I know. I just know. Jesus, please forgive me and be my Savior and take me wherever you want me to go. Maybe your prayer this morning is, Lord, I've, I know you saved me. I know that I'll, I'll live with you forever, but Lord, it's so hard. I have trouble letting go of my life. Father, teach me to surrender. Lord, I have faith, but Lord, give me faith. I want so much. I want so much to walk in your arms. Maybe your prayer this morning is that I've been coming to First Baptist Church for a long time, but I've just not bothered with joining yet. Maybe I need to surrender. Jesus, I surrender all. I'll do what you ask me to do. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If you need to move, won't you come down front? I'll be waiting on you.